Hello and welcome to the Gentleman's Journal podcast, a fortnightly discussion all about success, modern business and the lives of entrepreneurs. I'm Joe Bullmore, I'll be your host for the day and I'm joined this afternoon up in the circus room at Mark's Club by David Gandhi and Terry Betts. David is perhaps the most successful male model of his generation and certainly one of the most recognisable British models of all time. He's also an ambassador for the British Fashion Council, an investor in several British menswear startups and the founder of a very successful line of menswear in its own right. Terry Betts, meanwhile, has been the buying manager at Mr Porter, the buying director at Selfridges and is now head of business development at Thread, the revolutionary stylist and one-stop shop that promises to help men dress well without trying. In other words, what these two don't know about fashion isn't worth knowing. Today, the pair tell us why the menswear business has exploded in the past decade, how the rise of influencers may be a dangerous thing, and how we may soon all be getting our clothes delivered from a blimp. Thanks very much for joining us today, gentlemen. Uh, we have a lot of kind of very natally dressed men on this podcast, but you two are probably the best dress we've had, um, which is very exciting. But which kind of leads me into the meat of things, because we all buy clothes and we've always bought clothes as men. But in the last 10 years, there seems to have been a complete change in the way that people buy clothes, the way they're marketed to them, and especially the way that men spend their money on clothes. What's that been like from the inside of the industry, David? Uh, to start with me, I thought it was a good one for Terry to start with on that one. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it has been huge changes. Uh, I mean, I, I, being ambassador for the British Fashion Council uh, and, and uh, for Men's Fashion Week, um, we've, we've seen the changes. You know, we've got the, you know, got the figures to prove um, how men are spending so much more on, on fashion. Uh, and are taking you know, a much bigger interest in in in, yeah. in, uh, in fashion, in trends, in exactly, and, and the way they're buying buying their clothes is changing. Yeah, and when you say you've got the figures, uh, is it a double? If, is it increase really quite pronounced, or is it a I small? I mean, it's it's, curve? it's it's billions if you want to put it that way. Wow. But that's um, I, I can't remember the last stat. I mean, um, but it's something like it will you know worth something like nineteen billion within the next yeah. two years. To the UK industry, yeah. Um, the, the women's is obviously larger, but the men's is growing. I think I'm right, Terry. The, the men's is growing at, the women's, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, at yeah. A, a larger rate at the moment. And Terry, do you have any idea why that might be? What's changed? Because men have always liked to buy clothes, really, and they've always certainly needed to wear clothes. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they have though, if they've actually liked okay. buying clothes. And I think I think there's something around that that's made it more accessible. Um, certainly digital's made it easier yeah. um, but not only I think that's not only that it's easier to shop online and, 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 and various sites um, have done a really good job of that but just that there's there's content and there's style advice and there's ambassadors and there's references and, and I think there was I think it's always been a bit of a closed shop for a lot of guys they kind of you know you would watch an old film with Steve McQueen or yeah. I don't know um, Michael Caine and get Carter and think I kind of want to look like that but but how do I do it? And I think for people in the industry, it's kind of we're in the industry because it's sort of second nature and we love it yeah. and we enjoy it. But I'm always interested, you know, when you sort of step outside the bubble where it's it kind of is it's a it's a language. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of guys kind of go, well, how do I decode that? And I kind of, you know, I know that jacket looks great, but what do I put it with and where do I get it? And, you know, and, and, wanna, and want help with that. And I think 
yeah, I just think kind of, you know, there's been some amazing menswear content, certainly in the last decade, that didn't really exist yeah. prior to that. And I think just opening all that up has made men kind of go, right, okay, I can kind of, I'm comfortable having a conversation yeah. about style, which was, you know, still a little bit terrifying, Yeah, I think, for some. Who's, who have been the, the trailblazers of that? Has it been individuals talking more about styling and fashion, or has it been news outlets, or has it been online portals like ASOS or Mr. Porter? Good question. I feel, do you know what? I feel like, I feel that it's all been really well linked up, actually. Yeah. I think there's a commerce element that David touched on, and that's growing. And, and the, I think a lot of the designers have kind of focused on menswear um, uh, and, and sort of realized that that's a really big opportunity. But then supported by that is kind of street style, yeah. which, you know, you would never have thought that really could have existed in menswear no. like a decade ago. And then yeah. you've got, you know, David and Nick Worcester. And well, that, that's the, the thing now, is, uh, within the fashion weeks, the street style is on a level or probably even above um, that th the coverage of the actual shows is getting. Absolutely. Like street style is huge. Yeah. And the reason probably people like street style is that people can access it immediately. So whatever that person is wearing on that street, you know it's basically yeah. available. Sure. Uh, they're slowly making shows that what you know you see and what you see you can now buy. But before that, it, you couldn't have bought it for six months, three months. Yeah. The street mm -hmm. style thing is very, very important. Sure. And I, going back to you know, as, as, as what you were saying, it's a combination of everything. Uh, so before we didn't have a, a me we had a men's fashion day or a men's fashion afternoon. Yeah. We now have a four day uh, you know event in London every every you know sort of twelve months, two of them. Um, we have the people sort of you know people like David Beckham. You can't deny that yeah. what David Beckham has done for for fashion and and because he's a footballer, um, I, I think he makes it you know accessible and okay for men to talk about style and and um, yeah, it's, it's 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 like well you know I have for many many years now men are actually sort of come up to me and go can I just ask you where you got that right. where did you get that t-shirt and that's yeah. online like people are asking questions and. Before, wh how would you do that? As you said, you would watch a film, you would, you know, see a magazine, and, and yeah. you go, "Well, I, I would love to look like that, but how do I do it now?" The the amount of coverage out there for men, and mm. it's so easy. You know, if if you see something, you're literally clicking through. Yeah. And that's I think where men men are never, and I don't think uh, I can say this, men are never gonna go out on a Saturday afternoon and go shopping together. I don't yeah. think that's ever particularly yeah. gonna change. They want to <laughs> look at what you know. They want to look a certain way, but they want to do that with the less sort of like the least static way of doing it, okay. and the quicker you can do it, and the you know the the, the most simple you know the the, the more you simplify yeah. it, is that's what men want. Absolutely. I like that outfit. You know, I, How do I get it, it fits. How do I get it? I click through. I click here. Yeah. It gets delivered tomorrow. It fits. I'll go and buy another three of those because that that's how men shop. I think yeah. on the yeah. day and, and yeah, it's not a yeah, it's not a recreation no. for men. No, no, no. Is it? And I think that's where the often the, often necessity. Yep. over anything else yeah. but I think that that is changing as well yeah. but, but if you go to the old school it's a necessity I've, I've got a hole in my jeans or yeah. I've worn the arse into my trousers I better go and buy a, a couple of pairs where women shop very very differently of course it's, it's a hobby but again that, that is changing again yeah absolutely and the internet obviously makes menswear a lot more accessible in the ways that we've just said but I, I sometimes feel that all those subgroups with the street style and with stuff like pity and Italy, it actually can be a bit bewildering and overwhelming because there's so much, it changes so quickly. Suddenly one cut of lapel is all wrong and uncool and suddenly I'm wearing the wrong trainers because they're two seasons old. Do you reckon that it's, it, it can go both ways? Do you reckon the internet can also put men off? I think overwhelming is a really good word yeah. to use because I think 
I think there was sort of an expectation when online shopping started that, oh, this is going to make my life easier. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I haven't got to sort of go around the West End and visit 10 stores. And, sure. and, and you know, and some of those, you know, really beautiful stores were, were, you know, were a little bit sort of dusty back in the day, right? Kind of gentlemen's mm. outfitters and yeah. stuff. Okay, digital <laughs> age has arrived. And then all of a sudden you go onto um, a website and it's like, you know, like 200 white shirts. And it's like, well, okay, I'll wade through them and find the one that's right for me. Oh, now I need a jacket. And, and then all of a sudden it then become quite laborious. And it's, it's, I think it's interesting, you know, certainly, you know, to touch on my business is kind of how now you're starting to see personalization come yeah. into that. And that feels like that's the next step in online shopping and, and going, well, actually, how are you going to save me time? And I'm willing to kind of talk to you and share some data and tell you sure. my size and budget and favorite yeah. brand. But like, you know, for that, I want, I want curation yeah. and, I, and I want it, you know, I want to go back to it being really easy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think the companies that are at the forefront of that and can really nail it is kind of the, is, is where the future is, you know, sort of the same way you would apply like Spotify and, sure. and those yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. things. It's kind of you like the X, you're probably like Y and here's suggestions. Yeah. And, and that's the, I think certainly for a younger guy growing up, because that's all he's known in a digital, they're digital natives, right? Yeah, so that's, the, that's the expectation. So mm. I think it pushes it back on certainly some retailers to make that, that experience kind of mind blowing yeah. now. And that's not always, fashion's always been a little bit slower yeah. sure. than some industries. So it's a challenge. Yeah. Are there any trends that you look back on in the last 30 years and think, God, that was a low moment for menswear? You think, and even maybe things you've worn yourself and you think, what on earth was I thinking <laughs> then? I think that on a weekly basis. <laughs> I, I, it changes I that think, quickly. I think I rock out an outfit and catch myself in the mirror and think, well, good, good girl, what are you wearing today? Um, got that well, that's wrong. encouraging, at least. Um, yeah. yeah, try something different, though. Don't, basically. <laughs> oh, I should, I don't. Um, but what were the big fashion crimes? I mean, I look back at pictures of people even in the early 2000s with the huge kind of baggy bell-bottom jeans and weird small T-shirts with low cut. I don't think the 90s or the zeros were a, a great... <laughs> maybe no, wrong. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the 80s had a, <laughs> a style, I suppose. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the best. Yeah, but, uh, I was they, looking I, at some pictures of, a, yeah, of uh, Richard Gere in American Gigolo, actually. I mean, that, yeah, and I was that's, like, actually, that's, that's quite... That felt, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Amani has really nice <laughs> just basically gone back to that yeah. relaxed tailoring. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. When was that? Was that 70s or 80s? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, early 80s. And... You know, sort of thirty years, it's it's back again. Yeah, but yeah, boot yeah, boot cut does feel like a particular, yeah, polarizing. I, I was a bit worried. A flares were coming back, or, or flared like jeans. That that was on the catwalk. I hear that a every few year. Years someone's ago, saying flares are back, and that, that scared the living daylights out of me. I thought, good, I hope not. But give it fifteen years, you might be I, an I, ambassador might, for the flares. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Rocking down Carnaby yeah. Street in my Fine. flares. See it here platform shoes as well. So, yeah. so you two are fully embedded in the fashion industry from every point. You, you, you could you could be kind of soothsayers of what's going to come next, and not trying to cash in on something. But what's the next trend so I can put my money in it? <laughs> the thing is, I'm I'm quite awful. I've, I've, I'm not trend driven. I I really I never have been. Yeah, that's better. Almost trends like put that. me off of something. Like if if too many people are wearing something, sure. I I won't wear it. I want to be. It, it's a funny thing, fashion. Um, we all try to sell clothing as, as something new and individual. But the ironic thing is we want everyone to buy it to look the same. Yeah. That's and you as want, a, you know, that's, that it's, it's a, it's you want a people to understand thing. it. It can't be yeah. so wacky that people don't get it. No. So but I think individuality is important. Yeah. Uh, I think there's this thing in fashion as well is um, 
there's this wrong. Oh, the, you, you, you know, well, there's these rules and mm-hmm. people are doing right things. There's no rules in fashion. There's yeah. no rights or wrongs. If you like something, yeah. and you want to rock out that outfit and you look good in it, wear it. If you've got the confidence, mm. I might not, you know, want to wear what something else is wearing, but I respect them. They've done sure. that and they're being an individual and different. Yeah. And I sort of like that fact. Yeah. When you say there are no rules, then I think. Even a man hearing that is thinking, oh, God, now it's a completely open playing field. Whereas, Terry, at Thread, you, what you try and do, I suppose, is give people maybe guidelines or, or good templates to work with. Because if a man has no fashion sense at all and he hears there are no rules, suddenly he's thinking maybe it's a bin bag and a pair of clogs. I don't know. Well, that could be the yeah, next thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> i probably said a bit more there's no rules. Uh, there, there, yeah, I, don't, I don't like that there's No, I, I, agree, there's I agree. agree. But there's rules, sorry, no brown in town. And yes, stuff like that's that. That's very old fashioned. You know, it's it? like fashion. I, the great example is I, I won't tell the brand I work, but I went to go and work with the brand, and, and it would be many years ago. And I had double denim on. So I had a, like a denim shirt and jeans on. And very they said, cool, Oh David. my God, you, you've, you've biggest fashion faux pas. You never wear double denim. What are you doing? Which, and, which, which brand was that? I can't tell you which one it was. <laughs> um, I bet they've done it. And, they, and, they, and, they, and you know, they, they made me feel awkward about what I was wearing. And which I would I really never do with people because that t- taught me a lesson of never sort of. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. The week after, um, I think it was D Squared and Ralph Lynn both came out with shows. The whole thing was double denim. Yeah. I went back to those people. They're all in double denim. Go, it's fabulous double denim, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. fabulous now. And I was just like, last week you told me <laughs> that that's the biggest, fa- like, yeah, that's the fickleness yeah, of the okay, fashion yeah, industry. So yeah. like, that's what I'm saying is, mm. is don't you know listen to these rules and I think and yeah, trends. Of course, it's, of course. Um, that's what I'm trying to yeah, get to. People. No, definitely. But when it comes to a man who's got no idea, and uh, I noticed that Thread, one of your big things is, um, I should say to people, that Thread is a kind of curation service for men. It's a stylist online. Yeah, is that real the best life stylist. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, working sort of hand in hand with technology to, yeah, yeah. to sort of scale a personal shopping experience, but online. Yeah, and you use algorithms as well to kind of match people with outfits. Exactly. How does, is that a good uh, replacement for human taste, or is it like, or is it just in hand in hand with the actual yeah, stylists? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, we have we have a team of real life stylists, and I think that's yeah. really important because I think there's nuances and, and and around what a stylist would suggest to you that that you know that an algorithm wouldn't really know. And I think that's sure. the kind of those are the particularities of of fashion that make it quite special. But um, but I think you know, and the bit that sort of excites me um, about this is that you can take this stuff that you know that sort of by its nature could feel a little bit exclusive mm-hmm. the fact that you've got a stylist and they're talking to you about you know what you should wear and trends and and scale it yeah and i think there's just there's a huge amount of men that are kind of quite thirsty for that it's like I'm sure like i could do with some help and i don't necessarily want to go and have that conversation in real life yeah definitely like that's a bit terrifying to sit in a <laughs> Personal shopping suite with like a yeah, and talk about the colours in my wardrobe. It's like, <laughs> get me out. And so they'll just yeah. keep buying what they're buying, or you know, their partner will keep buying, you know, yeah. the, the, the clothes from. But all of a sudden, if you you know behind, and I guess this is a bit sort of hype behind the anonymity of a keyboard, they'll share they've got long arms or big legs, or yeah. you know, I've got kind of fair hair and this kind of, and all of that we can kind of bring together. So and it's, remember de- it's detailed it. on a very kind of personal basis. Yeah, you yeah. even go down eye to color, eye color, really, hair color, yeah, wow. kind of you know, sort of budget, size, taste brands but yeah we'll suggest colors based on sort of hair and eye, wow. eye color and but we can remember it whereas you know it doesn't you it's, could be the yeah. best personal shopper in the world and you could i mean we, you know we've got almost three quarters of a million men registered in that and there's no way that that amount of stylists yeah. could remember all of that every no, time you come in but that's the bit that you sort of you know you almost give that heavy lifting to the algorithm yeah and then the stylists have got the freedom to be creative because they can immediately 
pull up your profile and go, all right, I remember all this stuff about you. Yeah. But if you just walked in a store, either for the first time, you couldn't, you couldn't capture that. Yeah. It's kind of like, right, we know your brands, we know what you've returned, what you've liked, what you've disliked, what occasions, you know, you've got a wedding coming up, do you sure. work in the creative industry, are you formal? And all of that's immediately pulled up and it's like, right, now we can play with a bit of colour and, mm. and yeah. the brands. And that's, the, that's, the com- that's why the combination's pretty magic. Yeah. So I want to talk about the traditional marketing of fashion, menswear and womenswear. Um, and how important is it for a brand, a young brand, old brand, established brand, to have famous faces, celebrity ambassadors, or kind of what we would now maybe call influencers, telling people to buy them. And I see David's already laughing when I say the word influencers. It's very important. That's, uh... <laughs> um... You can't, I mean... Yeah, it's a very <laughs> difficult thing for me to, but, to, but, to comment. But, but yeah, it, it does, um, it, it, it works. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, I still, I'm still a huge believer in good content in yeah. Um. Again, we, we've got numbers. I don't you know. We can. I can give, sort of give you something that we've I've launched and we've had a, a digital strategy mm-hmm. and we haven't done any advertising or yeah. And the you know the reaches. I can give you big big numbers. Doesn't mean that sales have done anything whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> um. I can then and no one sort of like and and even though some you know, people have seen it, they haven't uh, interacted with. Yeah. That sounds a bit weird, but they haven't. Now. We've also have launched you know things where we've had no digital strategy whatsoever. It's just been blanket marketing. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look, they'll what, have that advertising. Very traditional. Every magazine, outdoor. every tube, every yeah. you know, and the results from that have been incredible. Um, wow. So, but does it work the other way around as well? Is it, it kind of case can, by it case? It can work the other way yeah. around as well. If you, but, but I'm still a big believer in ha- still having content. Sure. You know, a gentleman's journal. It's a brilliant magazine. It's content. It's, Thank you. It's, um, <laughs> but that's that's why I'm still a big believer in magazines. Yeah. You know, we're going away from this where we used to. I, I used to collect men's magazines. Yeah. You know, I still have some of the best ones because yeah. they're inspirational. Okay, everything is available online. To see, but there's there's nothing quite like that. It comes back to the curated kind of yeah. Tangible thing. So I, I, think, I think it's a it's, it's a mix between great you know with, with any brands. Yeah. It's between great content, you have to it's aspirational, especially with men as well. Telling a story and as, you know an aspirational mm. Mm. Uh, look at everything and a, and a lifestyle, probably more than women. Um, having a, a, you know, a digital uh, platform as well, and you know, so people can get them socially, uh, and having the right faces, of course. I mean, yeah. it is still hugely, hugely important. More, yeah. more than probably ever, people are thinking this is the way. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because it seems to me now that in the past, perhaps the fashion houses and the designers were the big names. But now, almost the models who wear the clothes are bigger brands than the brands. If that makes sense, if you think of someone like Cara Delevingne, mm. she's the face of ten different brands, which are the ten biggest fashion brands in the world. Probably, she's a bigger brand than any probably individual one of those in her pulling power. Mm-hmm. So, is is that a good balance to have, or is that is that kind of distorting the industry if she can hop from Dolce & Gabbana to Chanel and tout the things in every corner? Do you think it's a, a good thing or a bad thing, Terry? I think there's, I think it's interesting because I think you, I think you can tell when it's honest mm-hmm. and that resonates. Exactly. And I Absolutely, think those yeah. are the ones that are magic. Those are the ones that you go, okay, this really makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Yeah. And they look good. In, and then. Why? Because they're wearing it because they actually like it as opposed to just having a contract. But you, I don't know. There's just, you feel like there's a connection between. Yeah, it makes sense. The ambassador and the brand. It sort of, it fits, right? And, and, and. And then I think there's, you know, there's certain campaigns that just sometimes just don't feel right. Like yeah. you can feel that someone's going to just 
blown a lot of budget yeah. on, just to get on a the hot name. All you see them, you change them, it's a different face. Yeah. Like, a fra- like a fragrance. Or he didn't work, the next one, the next one, the yeah. next one, the next one, until something kind of works. Yeah. I mean, when I'm, we talk about, I've been sort of in part of this. So, I mean, Light Blue has now of been course. going for a record 10 years. It's, you know, I don't know what the longest sort of record is for the campaign, for the longest sort of... Uh, uh, campaign, but that's how long it has been going. You're, you're same, same ca- your same campaign? It's, I mean, we, we shoot it, but it's the yeah. same, as we know, it's the same concept. It's me and a pair of white spring trunks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we shot it many times, and the girls have changed until now. Like, okay. we, we're now on, 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 on the third girl, which is Bianca Balti, and you know, they finally found the right girl to yeah. represent light blue. But as Terry was saying, the, the first girls never felt right, it, but Bianca does. Because okay. Bianca has worked with Dolce & Gabbana for so long. She's an ambassador for them. She's seen out, you know, personally, not at work, but she's in Dolce & Gabbana. Um, and, and that has worked. But yeah. you've got to think as well that in 2006, I wasn't known. I was a new face. Dolce & Gabbana, and this is what people used to do. They didn't necessarily choose a name. Yeah, they just because choose. choose a brand. They chose the model where he was correct, or the celebrity, but more the model that would fit the story. Mm-hmm. Now people aren't doing that. They're getting the name and they're getting the people with the biggest followers and biggest yeah. names and creating something around them, whatever it is. They're just like, they don't really mind as long as it's, you know, they're, they're posting and they're associated with it. And that's where we're losing, I believe, a lot of good content. Yeah. So we can, I think we can go back to the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the zeros, these amazing books that, that photographers had, the magazines, the yeah, incredible absolutely. shoots. Of, you know, I think we're missing that. I think we're going to get to a part of like the last ten years or the last five years, and we go and go and go. Where's all? The, where's, yeah. all the, where's the creativity? Yeah. Where? Where are? What are we going to put in book? You know, you know, if we still are reading books, <laughs> but you know, how? What are we going to have? P- yeah. People have pictures of Instagram and and digital selfies. Well, you, you may do. They you know they they may become iconic. Uh, you know, selfies yeah. that have have been the biggest registered sort of ever, but. Where's the artist and where, where's the creativity? Yeah. So I think you, we're going to miss that because people are just worried about numbers at the moment. They're yeah. just worried that, that we've got to reach, we've got to, you know, this person reaches that many people. Okay, but what, what's your content? What, yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to sell? That's that's something I'm interested to ask you about, particularly, David, because there is this something that we couldn't have predicted five years ago, that thanks to largely Instagram, almost exclusively, in fact, there's this huge new industry that has only been formalised in the last 18 months, two years, of ordinary people making money out of monetizing their own lifestyle just by either staging or stage managing the clothes they wear. Um, and it kind of starts to, to, put a, to, put a, to be blunt, eat into your, your, your industry, your pay yeah, package, sure, because anyone can now be an ambassador and a model. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about it, or what's your opinion of it? I mean, I personally haven't and haven't been affected by it because I've been doing it for 16 years, yeah. and I've, I've been slowly stepping away from it. I know uh, other guys and girls new to the industry, modeling industry, um, have been affected by yeah. it. And they've not just been affected by it, they've been affected by just not having enough numbers. Again, I'm going back to the creative thing of like people are not casting people because they're right for some, they're casting it yeah. because of the numbers they can bring. Um, what, so you'll go into a casting and they'll have your headshots and they'll ask you to walk or something and then they'll say, oh, by the way, how many Instagram followers do you have? I haven't been for a casting for quite a while. So okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how it works anymore. Yeah, neither have I actually. Uh, to, yeah, I, but that is, I've, guys have come to me and said, they said, yep, you're perfect. You know, the, 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 yeah. the casting said, yep, you're perfect for a job. Uh, we love, and then a week later, they, for some reason, haven't heard. And they said, oh, well, they went with another guy because he's got 50,000 more followers than you yeah. have. And it's instant reached for them. 
Um, That's so dangerous. It is. It? it is very, very dangerous. It's a very I, I, dangerous. Measure. So, yeah, it's. But that is the, the the thing is with having numbers is the way when I started you know, with with Light Blue in two thousand six is I knew I needed to brand. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I needed to have a name, and it was a it was a platform that I looked at that the supermodels had done very well. Cindy Crawford's, yeah. and Chrissy Tenton's. You, you knew their name. People outside of fashion knew their name. And they brought a prestige. They brought something to that mm. brand um, because you were recognized in it and people yeah. were more interested. That's basically what, what numbers are. It's, it's, it's a reach. You're bringing something different or more than someone else's. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, whether that is it's correct is, is, is whether it you know, yeah. is argued. And this might be me being quite cynical, but it seems like there are less of those big figures, like you said, Cindy Crawford. There are few of them in men's uh, modelling and men's fashion ambassadors. So who do you think are still kind of very genuine men who, who wear the, the clothes they like and don't do it for payday and are genuinely stylish and cool that people can look up to now? We don't have Steve McQueen's anymore. We don't have people like that. We're still looking at them. Yeah, we're still that's why yeah. we yeah. still look back. Still and you look at our magazine and a lot of the imagery and the styling is kind of still harking back to that 60s and 70s. Mm. Is there anyone coming through, Terry? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I, I was looking um, at one of your previous issues and there was that great shoot you did with Ansel. Yeah. And I think, and so I think that was pretty yeah. old school. Yeah. Black yeah. tie. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the references that made it feel yeah. powerful. But I suppose, you know, I suppose men's were by the nature of, it, you know, covers so many different kind of tribes yeah right so you know there'll be people that will reference kind of music artists right and that's true mm -hmm. and we're talking you know maybe more black tie and that kind of yeah sort of okay kind of hollywood glamour to mm. some extent mm. right and and that but you know i think that ties in a lot of stuff with that sort of savile row bit but i don't know i mean you know i've seen some great shoots with eddie redmayne okay, again it's yeah. quite specifically yeah. sure in that tailoring kind of context um but yeah i think you know i think the guys are out there i mean I'm, i i you know i quite like how tom hardy comes across yeah. i think there's quite a, there's a grittiness to it yeah. a masculinity that he, i think, he, he, I think tom, he, he dresses for himself yes it's a util utilitarian way of dressing which is actually what Stephen queen and paul newman yeah did. absolutely You're wondering why they got belt off glass and purcells yeah. and uh, because they're it, racing it, cars and they're on a bike <laughs> and it was the most suitable clothing yeah. it wasn't when they went out and had their stylist got <laughs> them about the it was because they went out and that was the best yeah. stuff yes. at that moment yeah, you know if you actually look at it they, they, they we, we call them probably the most stylish man ever they didn't i don't think they could if what i read about them they didn't care about style yeah. whatsoever oh, i mean steve mcqueen could not have right he, well, he just wanted to exactly. get out in the desert on his bike yeah, yeah. And, then, and get dirty yeah right? and if yeah. you were to look at something like paul newman's one of my you know heroes not yeah. just in style and just everything mm. um but only he could wear like and get away with some of like if you want you know if I wore it people are like, wear that jumper for and you got white socks with your you know with your with your loafers and stuff like but it just anything he did was was just cool it was and it instantly still looks cool. cool I think Ryan Ryan Gosling I think does yes. it very well sure he's something you got to look at as well and I I always think it's quite funny so when someone they're not that well known you slowly see and you you, you see them out uh, or you or you see them in, in, in shots they they're not dressing. I say particularly well. I shouldn't criticise, but they're you know they you clearly see, yeah. and then it's literally a change of a week later they are one of the most stylish people around. <laughs> that has nothing to do with them. They have a brilliant stylist, yeah. and I don't think stylists, or personal stylists, get enough recognition. Sure. When people are like you, you've just done their top 
you know, 50 either. I, I would, you know, I think it there should, should be, be the one, top yeah. 10. It should be, do you have a stylist? Yeah. Yes, they're styled by this person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Who the been best 10 And I don't, stylists, I don't yeah. feel that Ryan Gosling does that. Because you, you can just tell when someone has been styled when someone hasn't. Yeah. Uh, and I think Ryan Gosling does it very, very... But I, I think he's got the old school Hollywood. I mean, he's yeah. the closest I can think of quite a while. He's just he's a, pretty cool. He's a very, very cool guy. Guys want to be him and women yeah. basically want to sleep with him. It's, it's that eight-old eight yeah. old thing. And who's your stylist, David? No, I'm joking. Yeah, I've never had one. That's why I'm looking at That's why this shirt doesn't fit very well today. But, but I, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm in the fashion industry. So uh, I, I should hopefully know what I'm talking about after, yeah. after 16 years. <laughs> and I, I you talk to you know, Terry and, and, and you know, people like Joe Ottaway. Um, so we're, we're talking about fashion constantly. And mm-hmm. that's basically our job. So it might be that I'll know, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll mention a brand and Joe will say to him, oh, have you just, have you seen this new brand? They're great. Private White's yeah. doing this is great. Tom Sweeney has got this. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll go and buy it. Most sure. people don't probably don't have that access to the fashion no. industry. Mm-hmm. So that's where a stylist of sort course. of comes into it. But fashion always has to be kind of analog because at the moment we can't, we can't wear digital projections yet. Maybe we will be able to. But what are, do you think, the big opportunities in m- merging maybe tech with traditional fashion or even tech in the way we buy traditional fashion what do you think might be the new spaces that in 15 years will transform the landscape terry i think what we're what we're seeing is just is just being able to share data back with brands which sounds quite simple but actually if you can really start to talk on a a granular level about size and fit and and that's the sort of holy grail right how can you really now fit online and i think you know and i think we're, we're, we're working hard towards that so i think being able to be in a space where you know, you, you capture that that extent of data and, and that's feeding into a loop with a brand. That's, I think, just, you know, being able to really give guys what they want mm-hmm. um, because, you know, as we were talking about earlier in this conversation, it used to be three months, six months out. Guys sort of, he wants it now, right? Yeah. And, you know, and certain you things. tomorrow morning, basically. Arriving on a drone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, in an hour. I mean, that's the, yeah. the expectation. I was yeah. at a... A summit earlier in the week, and they were talking about sort of futuristic ways of delivering clothes. And but one one uh, retailer um, is talking about or looking into a license for like a huge blimp wow. would, that would sit above a city full of stock, and then they would deliver it <laughs> on smaller <laughs> drones from the blimp. Genius. And it's like, I mean, that's you know, but they're only saying that's ten years out, oh which my not. God. Yeah, but that's, that's the exciting. speed of, yeah. of, you know, that's what people are looking at. Like, how, you know, how can yeah. we really serve you? Like, it would literally just drop down to you, which just seems ridiculous. Yeah, but, that's sci-fi. But part of it was that, you know, they would, you know, there's, there's, there's other people that's talking about just holding raw materials. You would order it, and then they could produce that for you and mm. deliver it the same day. Absolutely. Now, that becomes very, very fast fashion, right? Mm. So that's probably only ever going to apply to, like, T-shirts mm. and, sure. and men's kind of basics. But that's, you know, that's where people are looking. Um, yeah. So as we round into the kind of the final corner of the podcast, um, we like to do this kind of quick fire thing where I'll ask you questions, maybe more about yourselves. Yeah, questions to see what makes you guys tick. Um, And yeah, so we'll start with what would you be doing if you weren't doing this, Terry? Writer. Writer, really? You should come write for the Gentleman's Journal. There's still time. (laughs) Do a guest column. There we go. (laughs) What would your column be about? Uh, Fashion and tech, probably. Okay, yeah. (laughs) 
That's quite obvious. <laughs> okay, sounds or like West a pitch. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a bit more niche, a bit more divisive. What about you, David, if you weren't doing this? Oh, good as me, I, I have no idea. I'd be test driver for Ferrari, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's more the dream. And okay. it would never, it would, well, can never happen. Where did it all go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you wake up, I try and break Ferraris on a, that would be my dream. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, what are you most proud of in your career, David? What single moment do you think... Hopefully, so it's yet to come. I know it's a pretty, it's sort of talking around subject, but yeah, hopefully. It's okay, yet well, to come. so far, what's the crucial phrase? <laughs> oh, so far. Um, <laughs> but but a nice answer. I, I don't know. I, I love all the charity stuff. Yeah, I have to, I have to say that's that's where I get my biggest um, thrill from. Is, okay. is, 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 is that. Yeah. Terry? Uh, sounds slightly sort of uh, sentimental, but I'm quite proud that. As a boy from Barking, that I've been at a kind of sit at the forefront of fashion, whether it's yeah. Mr. Porter and a, a startup, and you know, and, and, and sort of drive some of that business. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. like a nice journey. You, Long way to go. Do, do, you ever, do you ever have it? I don't think you would expect that person to tap you on the shoulder. You go, come on, dude. I expect this every day for someone to come and tap me on the shoulder. What are you doing here? Like, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know how I. We were looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what we usually ask: What's your most treasured possession but in fact I'll say what's your most treasured piece of clothing or accessory David something that really means something to you those white pants come to mind <laughs> have you still got them by the way <laughs> the swim trunks yeah I, I do still have them actually how often do they come out not very often every three years to shoot the campaign that just makes same it sound pair. like a weather no I was going to say that's lazy <laughs> I could wear the same pair I mean I wear them for like one day and then they're like yeah, in the fine, fine. Um I, I like my watches and I, I've got a kind of I, I, I First thing I earned a little bit of money from this industry, um, and I'm more of a saver than a spender, but I wanted to, and I, I bought a, a vintage Omega watch. Very and nice. that's still, when I put that on, and it's not Which special. Which one was that? Just a Speedmaster. Speedmaster it was yeah. a classic 70s Speedmaster. Um, that's the watch they wore on the moon. It was. Yeah. You are, you are, you are correct. Yeah, Absolutely. That's good. The so best that, that, that's there. basically it. So there's a little bit of sentimental. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Terry? I'm, qu I'm quite a big sort of shoe enthusiast and I remember sort of when I was younger I tried to I'm way too young to have been trying to do this but you know that's aspiration right I tried to bid on a pair of John Lobbs that Terence Stamp owned and didn't win of course because I was way out of my debt <laughs> <laughs> I remember buying my first pair of John Lobbs okay it felt like quite a menswear yeah. moment absolutely you know, it's kind of a big investment and it was a shoe and uh, you know and I've still got them of course yeah absolutely um, and yeah and I sort of feel like it's something I'll hand down as a family yeah. heirloom to my son, it's like yeah, it feels like it's one of those kind of yeah. products. So I don't wear them as often as I used to. But do you think John Lobb is kind of the pinnacle of shoe making, or certainly up there? It's, I mean, yes, David Preston, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, uh, it is for me. I mean, yes, the Jane yeah. Weston are great, right? I mean, I've got some great pairs of George Cleverleys yeah. that, are, that that I love. Um, but yeah, I suppose Lobb was one of the first ones sure. I knew in that Just kind of sector. Man. Yeah. When I was growing up, so um, so yeah, it's, it's I'm still yet to get a pair of John Lobbs. If right. anyone from the marketing team is listening <laughs> and wants a plug next episode, and David will do it as well. Um, Send them to me though. I'll give them to David. What you just said actually, you hit a good point of, of handing stuff down, and I, I, maybe some women do. I don't. Maybe jewelry and stuff, but men is I I, I keep things because I think either hopefully when I have children or my or my nephews, I will if they come to me and go, what do I wear for my first, yeah. you know, my first. Uh, I, I need a tuxedo. And I can rock out the full velvet Dolce or nice. you know the Henry Paul or something. And go yeah, yeah. this. No one will know what it, but you are going to look at it and hand it to it and like yeah. it. And I, that's I, I keep things to hand things yeah, to, to hand it down, totally including exactly. all the watches and, and, and pairs of shoes yeah. and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what's, do you, either of you have a personal motto that kind of guides you through life? Terry? Uh, off the top of my head, don't worry, be happy. Okay, very good, <laughs> very good. That's a great attitude. I wouldn't say it's on a coat of arms. <laughs> <laughs> we should make one. Don't worry, be happy. Uh, what's, my, what's my one? Uh, there was a, there's, there's a saying that um, um, there's no such thing as luck. There's just a person waiting for an opportunity. Right. Or well, sorry, a well-prepared, I got that wrong. A well-prepared person waiting for an opportunity. Okay. And I, I kind of quite believe in that really. Yeah. Do you feel like you've been lucky or do you feel like you've been prepared at the right place, right time? I've, at the same time, I, I, I've, I've missed opportunities because I haven't been prepared enough. Yeah. And I haven't been right for, you know, I haven't been right for, for a certain project or, or whatever. And I, and I could have been and I just wasn't. So I've lost out where yeah. some people say, oh, you're very lucky to get that. And I say, well, I didn't get it. It was my fault. I'm not blaming anyone else. But yes, there's, there's been some luck, but not huge amounts. It's sure. always been quite orchestrated and, and, and I've, I've, I've made things happen yeah. at the end of the day. Absolutely. You can't win a raffle if you don't buy a ticket, as they say. That's very, very That's true. It. Absolutely. Well, brilliant. Thank you very, very much for joining us, gentlemen. It's been great fun. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, right. you very Pleasure. much. Thank you very, very much for listening to this episode of the Gentleman's Journal podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight with more invaluable insights from the world of entrepreneurs. But until then, you can find us on our website, which is www.thegentlemansjournal.com. Or if you're so inclined, follow us on Instagram at The Gents Journal or indeed on Twitter at The Gents Journal. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you very, very soon.